Welcome to the Education, Career, and Beyond podcast. We've combined life experience with young adult drive and ambition. Are you just starting to college plan? Did you finish your education and wonder, now what? Join us in this lively discussion about the topics you need to know to create the next stage of your life's dreams, careers, finances, education, and more. Brought to you by Voice for Heroes 501c3. All right, we are back. This is so much fun. Welcome to the Education, Career, and Beyond podcast. There are four of us today because we have Ed, our Capri, who is home from college. We are so excited about. And our amazing special guest today, who is Annie Delry. She is an incredible health and wellness coach and has so much to share. And we're going to have a great discussion talking about her journey, her life, what she would advise as far as really our health and wellness for longevity through education, career, and of course, beyond, which Ed and I understand the big beyond part because that's the age that we are at. So welcome everyone. Hi guys. Hello. Hello. Hi Annie. How are you? I'm having a great day. How are you guys? It's I'm all of good. us are in San Diego. So we're pretty happy. We've got like a whole little click going on here, which is really fantastic. But um, Annie, why don't you share with us first a little bit of your background that led you to what you do, just whatever you'd like to share. Sure. Um, well, you know what? I believe how it started was growing up in a dysfunctional family, which Yay, I believe dysfunctional family. <laughs> um, which is not uncommon. Like I am not alone in this. And um, I, it just got me really interested in human beings. I'm one of six kids and that's a lot of people in one house. So two adults, six kids. <laughs> I love that word. <laughs> We have yes. six, so I get it. <laughs> oh, yes? Yes. Oh, Anyways, please oh, so continue. You, so we get it. You you totally get it. Like food mm -hmm. is crazy. Mm -hmm. It's so much noise, so many personalities. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna study the human mind. Let's let's see how this goes, which led me to my bachelor's in psychology. And then during my bachelor's, I learned about this thing called coaching. And I'm like, wait, 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 I don't just have to do therapy. I can do this thing called coaching. Are you kidding me? My mind was absolutely blown. And then I found a master's program in integrative wellness coaching. And I was like, all right, where do I sign up? No, actually, the first thing I said was, how am I going to pay for this? And then the second <laughs> thing I said was, how can, how can I sign up? That is awesome. I, I start so every day questions. with how am I going to pay for this? Yeah, just yeah. so you know, that's never stopped ever in anything that I do. <laughs> and that's actually something I tell my clients, and it's not like a plug to work with me. What I tell them is it's worth investing in yourself. My parents didn't give me it. I don't want to say they didn't give me anything. My parents didn't pay for my school, but I believed in myself enough to invest in myself. Yes. Same with certifications, like easily probably $10,000 in certifications. To other people, that sounds insane. But I was investing in myself. You absolutely I think were. it's worth it. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, as usual, I get tons of questions in a short it. period of time. But I'm going to defer to my co-host. Do you guys have anything you want to hit up Annie with right away? Um, do you want to start with a little bit about like what wellness coaching exactly is? And maybe some of the differences between like that and therapy? Because that's just something you mentioned. And I didn't realize how similar or different they were. Oh, 
I love to teach about this. I'm so excited you asked. Okay. I was so going to ask that I question, love her Capri. So much. Gosh darn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me break this down because, because unfortunately, even therapists and coaches are confused about this, which is scary because <laughs> they're two different fields. So therapy, people are definitely, it's more common. So therapy is coping with the present and addressing the past healing from the past, talking about it, processing, and then functioning in the present. How can I, how can I do well now? While mm. coaching is the present, but more importantly, it's the future. So that is all we're worried about. We are solution focused. We are not spending time in the past. So an example will be, I, I warn my clients first thing, when you work with me, if you go into a three minute story about the past, I'm going to gently stop you. And I'm going to say, I appreciate the background. What did you learn from this? Because that's all that matters at that point. It doesn't matter how long you argued with your boss. It doesn't matter the fight you had with your mom or your sibling. What matters is what are you doing at this exact moment? And more importantly, what do you plan to do moving forward? Wow. <laughs> so I can't bring up past episodes with Ed's five part questions. <laughs> what did you learn? And but she's gonna stop you from continuing on that path. <laughs> no, because you guys are my clients, so I won't gently call you out, right? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I don't care. By the way, it's so funny that you mentioned five part questions because I have my questions on the screen and I literally broke them into pieces. <laughs> so, you have no out. idea. We have saved you from such headache by really helping him with these five-part question breakdowns. <laughs> That's also why I let you go first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, why don't you hit us with one of your new and improved not five-part questions? <laughs> well, I, I got nosy and I started digging around, Annie, and I've got a bunch <laughs> of stuff about the book you wrote and a bunch of other things. But I really want to kind of table off a Capri's question. Uh, the question I have up here is, you know, it says health coaching is an effective tool for managing stress and anxiety. Why is that? Why is it an effective tool? Hmm. Okay. I believe because health coaching addresses the mind and the body. And a lot of times people separate that. So they're either very much focused on their physical health or very much focused on their mental health and not realizing it's not exactly that you need to master both because I think that puts a lot of pressure on people to hear the word master it, Yeah, but definitely be mindful in both areas. The answer may be drink more water. <laughs> like the answer does not mean that you have to train for a triathlon. It may be drink more water right now. Um, during COVID it was, it was teaching clients about brushing your teeth every day and taking showers that that was important towards your mental health. So it doesn't even have to be like, like I said, go write a book, go run a triathlon, um, go to a sauna every day. It's I'm like getting, a, I'm like getting away from myself with this answer. I have to say the water is amazing. I start the day with three full glasses before I even have my coffee. Look at this bad boy. This says Whoa. morning. Yep. It tells me when oh, I'm yeah. <laughs> Keeps you on track. <laughs> it does. Especially if you're a coffee drinker. Because I don't I need to make sure I know how much coffee I'm drinking to water. Exactly. 
All right. Sorry. We sidetracked there. Annie, what, and Ed, then we'll get back to your, your other four parts. What school did you go to? I went to William Patterson for my bachelor's and where I went to save. Where is that? Yes. In Jersey. Cause I'm no. from Jersey. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yes. That was in New Jersey. And then I actually, I moved to California cause I was earning my, my master's in speech language pathology. Cause I was oh, like, wow. I'll do coaching on the side. That's not practical. That's not a full-time job. I'll do that. That's my passion project. And then I got into speech language pathology. I, I moved, I packed like four suitcases by myself. I move across country. I've never visited California before. I'm in this program. And I'm like, this is the most boring thing in the world. I'm in the first semester and I'm bored out of my mind. So that was a good a indicator though. Story. I mean, you were yeah. listening to your inner self realizing I thought this was what I wanted, but this is not the direction I want to go. And how many young adults are maybe experiencing that same thing at the same time? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, and following, following what brings you joy. Like I work with a lot mm. of parents as well. And what I tell them is, well, when they have their teens, they're saying, I just want what's best for them. Naturally. Of course I want what's best for your kids too. I don't want to set them up for failure. But also with that being said, if your kid has a nervous breakdown, their senior year in high school or when they go to college in their freshman year and they need to be institutionalized. Well, this like track for success, they went off tracks, don't you think? And I, and not that you can't get back on track. That's not what I'm trying to say, but this extreme pressure of pick this major, go to this school, mm -hmm. potentially date these people. You could, um, all of these different things. I'm like getting so serious so fast. No, Annie, I'm so glad you to. did. Because okay. we have these type of discussions on this show over and over again about really being concerned about the pressure, the mental health, the transition, the what go what they go through in that change. I mean, Capri just finished her first year. My youngest daughter just finishing her first year at UCSD. Ed has worked with hundreds of high school and college students and has seen this same thing as well. So this is a great part of the discussion. Okay, great. Yeah, it's a it's a, a big worry for me. Mm -hmm. Ed? Yeah, as it should be, because there's a lot of young people going through this and probably silently actually going through it, right? Because mm -hmm. they, they're afraid to talk about it or even kind of share it with other people, which I, I noticed on your website, you talk about how important that is. And I want to get to that in a second, but I want to kind of stay on the stress and anxiety um, path for a minute. Um, so you highlighted water <laughs> brushing your teeth, taking a shower. And that, that so seems, basic. yeah, right. But that's the point, right? Which is, it seems very simple and basic, but if you're going through something, it sounds like that would be kind of some building blocks to kind of put yourself back on track. Can you talk a little bit about how the simple things matter when you're kind of maybe meandering about, or you're not strong, or you're feeling depressed or having some anxiety? How, how important are the simple things to getting back on track? Yeah, I love that you're using the word simple because that's exactly what it is. A another phrase that I use that is it's not as kind though is idiot proofing something. And I do it I for myself. That. Make it so simple that an idiot can do it. Again, that's not a nice word. And if I was teaching about mindset and the unconscious mind, I would never use the word idiot. <laughs> but if I put that part aside, um, 
make it as simple, simple, simple as possible. Make these choices simple. So for example, keeping that glass of water at your bedstand. So it is the first thing you do. Or um, you want to eat more fruits and vegetables, keep it out on, on the counter instead of putting it in a drawer somewhere because mm-hmm. you want it front of mm-hmm. mind. Um, That's exactly. I'm trying to think of other like super simple ones, but um, a, a very easy way to do this is to make it a habit. Just make it a routine. Easier said than done B- uh, because there's a difference between simple and easy. And I also have to teach my clients that mm-hmm. of simple does not mean, oh, well, we could just do it now. Cause if so, we would all be doing it. Um, it. It may be three steps, but it takes a lot to do those three steps consistently. So it may even be put your toothbrush out the night before. Don't even put it away or um, put your floss out. You don't floss, put your floss out. Mm-hmm. You don't like flossing. Okay. Go buy those little sticks. You don't want to do the long thing. Go buy the little <laughs> sticks. They're at the dollar store. Like I have those. <laughs> yeah, me too. Cause I don't like the string. <laughs> and exactly. My vitamins are right next to the kitchen sink. Every time I walk through the kitchen, my vitamins are there. So I take them three times a day. I have my reg because I can't be in the kitchen without seeing them. I have another glass of water at my bathroom sink. So every time I walk through my bedroom, I drink a glass of water, certain things that trigger that. So it's yes. part of the daily habits. And I'm going to ask you about this one. Cause it's a big deal to me, but I don't know if it is to everybody else in order to really kickstart my day. The minute I'm up, I make the bed. Because that really signals me that the day has started and that's not something I can get back into. What are your thoughts on that? Me or the or the you. squad here? Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure that I'm not. Okay. Oh, you're the expert here today. Uh, okay. <laughs> One second then. In my expert opinion? No. Um, I wake up at 5.30 in the morning and my boyfriend wakes up around like 6.30. So he's in the bed. I can't make it with him in the bed. but during my single days, definitely, definitely. Or if my partner woke up at my time or earlier, yes, because you're telling, and it's a a great sense of accomplishment before you even start your day. Um, And that's something else I talk to people about is try to accomplish something before you go to bed too. So you have that peace of mind of this is, oh, I did do something today. So I'm sure we've all experienced this of laying in bed and you're like, wow, I did nothing today. Potentially, right? I didn't accomplish anything today. Here's another day where I didn't accomplish anything. I suck. Remember in middle school when I did this and I embarrassed myself? Remember when I did this? And then you're spiraling and you're like, wait, wait, Mm -hmm. we're going awfully negative from this one idea of feeling as if you didn't accomplish something today. So I think starting first thing, making the bed, there's an instant accomplishment, instant gratification. I drank eight ounces of water, instant gratification. Um, I did a gratitude list, instant mm. gratification, literally. Right, <laughs> gratification. right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you just mentioned doing something right before you go to bed. What are some like simple slash, I guess, easy to do ideas <laughs> right before bed? Okay. One of the first things I recommend is not bringing your phone to bed with you. Yeah. So everyone says, but it's my alarm clock. Okay. But before cell phones, people used these things called real alarm clocks. They didn't use their cell phones and they all happened to make it to work on time for the most part. We did. We made it. We made it. (laughs) So I have a $10 alarm clock. I have, uh, actually I have a $10 one. And then I have this awesome one that vibrates underneath my head. So I wake up without waking up my boyfriend. That one is 
awesome. Wow. Uh, but you can use a $10 one. That will bring so much peace of mind that you're not scrolling right before bed or checking your text real quick. Um, people say, what happens if there's an emergency in the middle of the night? Well, that's one of the problems then. Um, sleep is a big problem. So if you're checking your phone in the middle of the night because you're worried about emergencies, how are you going to get restful sleep? Your brain is still in survivor mode. They think they have to put out a fire any minute. Right. So uh, removing that completely from your environment one hour before bed and not being on your phone for one hour, um, the first hour of your day. I'm having a hard time articulating this, but that, <laughs> that would really, really help. Um, There's a lot and another of thing. Oh, I'm sorry. That's, a, that's powerful. And so much truth in that. And, and yeah, I see a lot of experts sharing that exact philosophy and it, it's harder to do, but once you get in the new habit now, I don't want it near me. I actually get angry. if like, I had to check something an hour before bed when I set my phone actually like two hours before bed, like, no, what, why? I didn't want to have to check this or something like that. If I'm notified of something, but cause yeah. I crave that mental peace. And that's what it's allowing your body to realize, like, we're shutting down now. Okay. We are not being constantly stimulated. That text can wait. That email can wait. Reading that news article that's going to trigger you right before going to bed, that that can wait. <laughs> right. Right. I also find you never get really good news at night anyways. So it's not like <laughs> you're missing out on this contract that was signed and or this commitment that generally doesn't happen. Usually it's a problem. Uh, <laughs> this is all in the morning. Yeah, exactly. I um, think there's a song that goes something like nothing good ever happens after 12 a.m. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, nothing good happens after that. Like that's when all the sassy things start happening or uh, right. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask you, I was watching one of your videos on your website. I'm fascinated by what you do. And there was a recommendation you had about if you're stressed out or you've got anxiety to start counting something, anything. And I'm kind of curious, what does that do? How does that help? Um, a distraction technique, getting out of your own head. Um, and giving yourself a task. So if you're identifying, uh, I, I believe you may be mentioning, I, you may be referring to the five, four, three, two, one. I don't know. It was, it was on the bottom of your website and there was a, something about uh, relieving stress and anxiety. I didn't get a mm -hmm. five, three, two, one. It was just the beginning of it was count, just count something tiles on the ceiling, cars, oh, okay. whatever, just kind of like start counting. And I was like, I've never heard that before. I'm just curious what that was about and how it helps. Sure. Yeah, uh, definitely. Just like uh, the basic answer, distracting you. Um, usually when you are uh, starting to get stressed out, ex especially extremely stressed out, you're dissociating. So you're like, almost on another level. But when you start distracting yourself or actually having a task, you are being brought back into your body of like, okay, wait, I have to focus. What do I have to focus on? Uh, so in, in, I'll just mention the five, four, three, two, one. It is, and I might butcher this, but it, you don't have to, you don't have okay, to follow right it for perfectly for it to work. And that's what I love teaching clients too. I'm like, listen, I'll teach you the technique. It doesn't have to be perfect because 
I have seen it lead people to more anxiety trying to remember than it does the technique <laughs> helping. <laughs> right? So yeah. the, the idea, right. And I'm like, okay, we're, I'm making this worse. I'm making this worse. So it is, it's working with your five senses. So five things that you see. So you're sitting there. A, a big one was people having panic attacks in the grocery store during COVID. That was a big thing mm. I worked on. So with the five senses, what are five things I see? Okay, I see the tiles. I see a spill on the floor. I see um, this kid having a tantrum on the ground. I see this lady not moving in front of me because she's texting. And then, like I said, all the senses. Okay, I smell coffee. I smell um, this lady's perfume. I feel the air conditioning. I feel the burn on my tongue. So again, just going right back into your body and taking notice of these things. They're not even important, right? Like, why do you care if the AC is on unless you're freezing? Um, and another one, I think this one's more fun, is making up stories. So again, distracting you. Oh my gosh, that kid's on the floor and he's freaking out. He's losing his mind. His mom won't get him the cereal with the toy in it. I know that's why he's mad. Um, and you just make up a whole silly story. Who cares? Um, one, especially if you're feeling lousy about yourself, start making a sad story about someone else. Oh my gosh, she's a single mom. She can't afford that cereal. This poor kid, he doesn't know what it's like to be a single mom. Oh, he's going to be stronger growing up with a single mom. And it's like, do we know she's a single mom? <laughs> no. Is this kid probably just being a brat? Maybe. Whew. Okay. Take a minute. Take a minute, Annie. That was, that but was it's that distraction, like, getting your mind focused yeah. off something besides your own anxieties and your own misery. Yeah. Are you yes. working with young adults that are maybe going through this struggle during these college years or in early career? And are how are you seeing transitions and some new healthy patterns arise from that demographic? Definitely young adults. Definitely young adults in their uh, and people in their 20s and 30s. And what I find a lot is that imposter syndrome. So whether they're in school or they graduated school, uh, especially if you're in a field where, for example, if it's male dominant and you're a female. So I work with a few engineers and they have a, a big, I work with engineers that are male and female and the male experiences are much different than the females. Um, and I have one, right, a client right now I'm working with, she's female and a minority and everyone mm -hmm. else is on her team is white and and uh, men. And that's going to be a different experience yeah. of how she feels. And what we're working on is confidence. She wants to be able to ask questions in meetings, share her opinion, um, not talk back. What is it? Challenge ideas. Mm -hmm. um, be comfortable with the guys when they have side talk. They're, they're, they're not mm -hmm. aggressive around her. They're not rude around her. It's not that she has to overcome them being mean, but she has to overcome being comfortable around them. Right. Um, mm -hmm. but, and she's young, so she's still new to the field. So also she's feeling like a youngin. So these are a lot of things that are piling up for her. Um, so I do see that. And I, uh, the idea of imposter syndrome and confidence building, that's a big one, building the confidence in yourself to apply to those jobs, to ask for that project, to, um, tell your teacher you're struggling. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Yeah. Because you see other students and you're like, well, we're all struggling. That's what happens. They say you don't get sleep while in school. So that doesn't mean you have to. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. So 
then answering Amy's question, you just touched on a bunch of things that I have <laughs> at some point or another like felt during my freshman year of college. Um, at what point would you recommend getting like professional help? Because I think like, oh, like, oh, that has happened to me maybe once. But it, what at what point is it like more of a problem that you think that um, you should reach help for? Because I think that's also a really big challenge, especially in younger adults who are like, oh, if everyone else is in this situation, then what makes me special enough to get help? Mm hmm. Um. So may you may you may you say the beginning of the question again? Oh yeah, just at like what point? Oh, at what point? Right. Yeah. Um. Well, so it it depends it depends on let's say like their level of care. So if they are a person that can't shower every day and brush their teeth, they're going to need to be referred to a therapist. That is mm -hmm. something that uh, there's def especially outside of COVID because because mm -hmm. now we're not on lockdown. So. Right um understanding that too like is this something such as accountability and motivation or is this something like um you're flirting with depression or you are actively depressed uh another thing would be are you having anxious feelings where you may need a distraction technique are you having panic attacks um i i guess severity is a big difference but someone who hasn't been motivated it could be deep read it excuse me deep rooted or it can be you just no one taught you no one taught you how to do these things you're i'm not blaming parents but let's say you grew up in a house where your parents didn't eat healthy or get movement well you didn't learn that mm -hmm. you grew up in a poor environment you never learned about savings you didn't even know taxes were taken out like no one taught you these things as a kid i'm using random examples yes yeah um so yeah i say i would say the severity and what ends up happening is the idea of being sick and tired of sick and tired. Mm. I'm tired of saying I want to write this book for the last 10 years and I haven't. Like, I'm tired of saying that I'm going to be fit by my daughter's wedding. They've been engaged for seven years. I haven't lost a pound. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> Priceless. That is so good. That's so good, isn't it? Yeah. Ed? Oh, is it my turn? Yeah, <laughs> um, spinning. So um, I want to talk about creative outlet and how valuable that may be for somebody who's dealing with uh, being stuck. Uh, I was back on your website. There was in, in your in the video that you have at the top of your website, I saw someone painting and I saw someone journaling and I was curious how you use, or maybe you don't use, but do you use creativity as a way to help them manage stress, anxiety, depression? Definitely. And actually, sometimes what I do is encourage them to do something they're bad at. So like, I'm terrible at drawing, draw, definitely draw and do it, do it terribly. Cause you're gonna start realizing, noticing like, actually I'm better than I thought. And at the less you care, sometimes the better it is the result. So um, I'm terrible at guitar. Go to a thrift store, go buy a $20 guitar and play terribly. Hopefully you don't have roommates or parents or something, but you know, I, I'm sorry to all the parents whose kids are gonna go do this. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but grab a sketch pad, go to the dollar store, um, go paint. Again, buy dollar store paint. And I would say, 
many of my clients, um, and, and these are people who are financially successful and have a fine life and aren't in survivor mode and they still don't like their life. And they're like, I just don't have fun. Like, I just don't have fun. Okay. Well, what's fun to you? I don't know. Well, what was fun when you were a kid? Well, I always wanted to be a ballerina, but I never did. All right. Go dance like a ballerina in your, in your house. Um, sure. Close the door. You don't have to do it with people around. <laughs> uh, and also telling them like, creativity is whatever it means to you. Yeah. And you're not getting graded on this. This is always what I tell them. You're not getting graded on this. <laughs> that helps so much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be graded on anything. <laughs> I think that's an amazing, amazing insight, Annie, because I think as you get older, those things are not part of the master plan of being an adult. You're career driven, you're family driven, you, uh, you know, relationship driven, uh, all those things are priorities. And I understand why they are, but very rarely do we set aside that time. I'm speaking for myself, but I'm going to assume there's a large portion of the population that is in that space where they don't do anything that's fun and interesting and exciting for them. Uh, like you said, not because I have to, not because I'm going to win an award or I'm going to be in a competition, but just a place where you can do that. And I never realized that. I heard that recently. Mm -hmm. When I saw that video on your website, I was like, I need to ask about that because okay. someone told me, he's like, you need to be more creative. And I was like, yeah. So, you know, I've got the bass guitar and I've got the paint and I've got all this stuff. And I'm like, I'll get to it when I get to it. Next thing you know, it's, you got some, some garbage floating around your head somebody said to me you need to get creative and i was like i don't yeah i don't i don't it was two things one i don't want to and the other thing <laughs> is i suck at that so why would i do something i'm bad at so i'm glad tell us the you, truth ed <laughs> oh i'm right? definitely in truth mode there's definitely a there's been a switch in my head where truth is starting to push its way out because i think there's a bunch of us who are in denial about what the truth is but Whole other topic when you get back. Wow. Um, I just wanted to touch on your book. Uh, what young bleep? I uh, wish I knew when I was in high school. And that I'll just say use the word shift because it's titled of a book that I was in. Shift. I wish I knew when I was in high school. What was the motivation of that book, and uh, what has been the impact uh, or feedback you're getting about that? I originally wrote it for my sisters when they were freshmen. They're twins and they were freshmen in high school and they're in Jersey and I was in California and like they created the word obsessed because they understood my feelings for my sisters. I'm obsessed with them. I understand why parents are like, my kids could do no wrong because that's how I feel about them even when they mess up. Um, and I was so sad that I wasn't going to be there for this journey. So I was like, I'm going to word vomit and, and write a book for you on different topics that I would love to tell you if I was there. And I wrote personal stories, like very personal. Um, and I said things that I think a lot of people are scared to say. I'm saying things that people shy away from. I'm sharing things that I think parents might not even believe that this happens, especially if you haven't been in school within the last like 20 years. Um, and it's sassy. There's curse words in it. Like I'll Ooh, obviously the title has it. Right. <laughs> um, and I wrote it for them. I originally wrote it for them with just so much love. It's yeah. I had a lot of fun writing it. And now, uh, 
all these adults are reading it and they're like, where was this? Why don't it, I wish I had this in high school? Like they're like, I do wish I had this. (laughs) I didn't know anything. (laughs) Yeah. That is fabulous. And we have your website in the comments. We've been putting it on the screen, but it's in the comments and it will be in the show notes on every platform, wherever you are consuming this. If you are listening to us later on one of your favorite podcast, audio streaming platforms, whether you're watching this on YouTube, replaying on the social media, make sure and check out her website because your book is there as well. Correct? Yes. Okay, good. I'm so glad. And I, I want you to know creativity wise that I actually got in trouble not that long ago for roller skating in the house. So I'm never too old to try something new. I would love to see a video of you roller skating in the house. That would make me yeah. so happy. You have no idea. I wasn't um, happy when I hit the tile floor, but it was so worth it. <laughs> <laughs> All for the, the rush. <laughs> yeah. um, I got, I got one other question and then we can, and then we have or you can take three minutes or whatever. Yeah. So, I'm always curious about uh, direction. You said that you were in Jersey. By the way, I don't hear any Jersey accent. Well I didn't done. either. That was surprising. Um, but I'm curious about, you know, you come to California, you're enrolled in this program. You realize it does not work for you. You, uh, you find out that coaching is a real deal. You're going to go into that. I'm curious about mentorship. Was there somebody mm-hmm. there along this path that you could – word vomit on and get coaching, if you will, to help kind of make you feel like, Hey, I I'm, this is the right path. I'm I'm feeling good about the direction I'm on. I had no one. And if anyone was in my life, they were actively discouraging me from coaching. They were like, you're literally crazy for doing coaching. Like I, I know. Right. But, but I, but I also think that's what fuels me to help people. Cause I'm like, one of the first questions I ask is let's talk about your support system. And if someone tells me they don't have any, I know they can still succeed because I did it. And then I built a support system. It's very important. I'm not saying you can do this on your own. I'm saying I did at one point and it was terrible and I don't want others to go through it that way. I know we're out of time, Annie, I'd love to have you back to talk on the subject matter deeper, because I think there's a conversation Mm -hmm. about how do you go from nothing in terms of being Mm -hmm. the interest of being a coach to actually being a coach, making money (laughs) as a coach, supporting yourself as a coach, because that is not an easy road. I've been on it Mm -hmm. Um, and dealing with people who don't listen or don't do that. <laughs> like I want to, I want to dive into all that, but that we don't have time for all that, but please come back. I, okay. I dig your personality. I dig the fact that you're from the East coast. Cause that's where I'm from. And I love the way you tell your stories. It's, it's been amazing. Fantastic. Oh, cool. Thanks for this opportunity. You guys are great. We think we're pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We love finding really incredible individuals like you that can come in and really just honestly share your story and your insight. If you had any last words for our young adults that is our viewer audience, what would you share? Ooh, I would say concentrate on what you can control and release the rest. Ooh. I don't even think you need to be young to take that advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That Everyone take yeah. that with them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I love it. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Annie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Capri, you want to take us home? Of course. It's been a great time talking about health and wellness with Annie Delray. Hopefully we get to see you again sometime in the future. And to all our listeners, we'll see you um, 
a little bit later on the Education, Career, and Beyond podcast. Thank you.